This week, we are going to break the myth that we can measure up, that we can be enough. And I'm telling you, it's going to be one of the most freeing concepts you can imagine. So stick with us. You are listening to the Made for This podcast. Y'all have seen it. It is everywhere. Quotes throughout Instagram, Pinterest, everywhere, that you are enough. (laughs) It is absolutely probably the loudest message that you can find for your self-esteem online right now. It's always rubbed me wrong because that's not even true for me. Like It doesn't even resonate kind of with my soul that I do measure up or that I am enough. And saying it to me does not help it feel more true, right? There have been moments in my life where I have known my inadequacy so well and been so in touch with it for the task or the work that God has called me to do that the distance between the two, I would be terribly offended if someone's comfort to me was that I actually am awesome and can do this by myself. Because it just never was true and it didn't feel true to me and I have never been one who walked through my days and thought, wow, I'm just an amazing person and that's why I get to do what I get to do. (laughs) It's just never occurred to me. The reality of my life is quite the opposite. It has been a story of weakness. It has been a story of fear. It has been a story of realization that, that I don't have what it takes and watching God in a supernatural way provide for me. And that has been true since I was young. I have seen God provide for me in ways that defy explanation apart from there being a supernatural God that sees us and knows us and moves around us for our good and for his good. So today we're talking about not being enough. And I bet you money that if you saw that phrase, I am not enough, that you didn't even want to listen because it goes against what our pride and what our ego wants to hear. But it is not a comforting phrase, I am enough. It is not a comforting phrase if you are in touch with your weakness and your insecurity and your fear and your sin. That is actually something that feels like a lie. (laughs) And it should because we have all sinned, scripture tells us, Romans says, and fallen short of the glory of God. So we are equally in need of help. We are equally in need of a savior. We are equally in need of a God who repairs, restores, redeems, sets apart, equips for every good work, gives us a mission and a plan and sets the Holy Spirit in us. Y'all, that's the gospel. (laughs) Jesus died for our sins. We weren't enough. We were lacking and he made us enough in him. And so it's not that the saying is wrong if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit is inside of you. It's that the comment or the phrase is insufficient and incomplete. We are enough because God has made us enough and he has put his enoughness inside of us. It is actually not discouraging. It is actually releasing every need to measure up. It's the truth that we don't have to be enough that is so freeing to us. It's not that we are enough because deep down we know we're not. It's that we don't have to be. It's that God is for us. That's the gospel. And it's a wholly different way to live. And it is so much more freeing than the pressure of being enough. (laughs) I don't want that pressure. It doesn't actually comfort me. I want to read to you out of Nothing to Prove, something I wrote a few years ago, but I still feel today. God knew we would never be enough. So he became enough for us. 
Jesus is our enough. If memorizing that truth was enough to change us, though, we could end this thing right here. The problem with all of our souls is that we think we know a truth, but we don't live like it. Maybe you say you believe Jesus is enough, and then why are you not pulled up near to him every chance you get? Why do we run to everything on earth except him? That's the real issue here. It's not that, you know, assenting to that truth or, or nodding at that truth and saying, hey, this is true. Jesus is our enough. If that were enough to just fix us, cure us, save us forever, believing that, just thinking about that, that would be awesome. But we don't believe it and we don't think about it and we don't apply it to our everyday. And one of the big reasons we don't do that is our pride. We actually push back against the gospel. As good as that news is, somewhere deep inside of us, the pride of our souls wants us to be enough on our own. We don't want to need anything or anyone outside of ourselves. And so the idea that we are in need of a God, in need of a Savior, is actually hard on our pride. And for some of you, that might be the reason you haven't ever trusted Jesus is it just feels too good to be true. It feels like, you know what? I don't know if I need this because I'm doing okay on my own. But that always runs out eventually. We are never okay forever on our own. We might be okay in this moment and in this day, but eventually that is going to run out. It's not that we arrive at a place of security without suffering or we arrive at a place of security because we just will into being in our minds that God is enough for us. It's that we live it out. It's that he proves to be enough for us. It's that we fail and we make mistakes and we hurt people and we struggle with fear and insecurity and God meets us in those places. It's not that faith is this up and to the right program that we enter and we just work our way there every day of our lives. It's that as we are going, we're going to fall into pits. We're going to fall into difficult situations, we're going to fall into our own self-made difficult situations where we have sinned and caused or made mistakes that have affected ourselves and other people. And one of my favorite books, y'all have heard me say it, is Pilgrim's Progress. And the reason why is because I think before that book, I never fully understood that a Christian's journey and a Christian's walk would be full of these moments and that those moments would actually define the trajectory of our lives and more importantly, the relationship we would have with God. Because as Christian goes, he falls into the pit of despondency and depression. He falls into the castle of doubt, which I talk about in Get Out of Your Head. He falls into all these moments that challenge his belief system about God and cause him to cry out to God and cause him to walk more closely and intimately with God. But we're so afraid of difficulty. We're so afraid of not measuring up. We're so afraid of not hitting the mark that we just spend our whole lives instead of looking to God to, to meet our inadequacy and to come through for us in moments that we need him, that we just are spinning and spinning and spinning and trying to make it happen ourselves. And then we're so disappointed when either it does happen and it didn't fulfill us the way we thought it would, or it can't happen and it doesn't happen and we fail. Failure is actually a gift because it causes us to come to the realization that we're finite, that we cannot achieve and accomplish all that we set out to achieve and accomplish, that we need God, and that we're okay failing and losing perhaps one of our idols here, which might be for you success. The scripture that puzzles me the most in the Bible, but I have seen more fruit from than maybe any other in my own personal life is this. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11. But he said to me, 
my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's such a magical, different way to live. In verse 11, he says, I have made a fool of myself. And <laughs> I get this. I get this because how many times have I just been flat embarrassed because the way that I made mistakes was in front of everybody. Guys, my story is that I was thrown from a Bible study in my living room to 11,000 people speaking on a stage at Women of Faith. And it was no warm up. There was no, you know, hitting the speaking circuit to 100 and then 500 and then 1,000. No, I went from basically my living room to 11,000. And of course, I needed to grow into that, right? And I remember being embarrassed of, I don't measure up to these people that have been doing this professionally, by the way, that I spoke with for 20 something years. And of course, I didn't measure up to that. Didn't mean I didn't have a gift. It didn't mean that I wasn't supposed to be there and that I wasn't supposed to stay on that road and that course. But it meant that I'm not going to get my ego stroked because I'm good enough on the first try, right? It meant that I was going to have to work at this. It meant that I was going to have to depend on God's strength to use it anyway, to bless people anyway. And you know what's so cool? I still get stories from people that were in those arenas that first year that I spoke and how my trembling mess ministered to them, right? I mean, it's in our weakness that he is strong. It's that they saw themselves in me. They didn't see a perfect speaker. They saw somebody that needed God and was dependent on him, but doing it anyway. And, you know, I learned early on just to be okay with it. I'm not in this so that everybody thinks I'm awesome. I'm in this to obey God and to bring him glory. And sometimes that is from my strength. Sometimes that is from this place that is God's confidence in me and through me. And sometimes it is from my weakness. And I would say that more often it is from my weakness and then his power looking great through me and looking powerful through me because that's what happens in our weakness. So we don't need to keep trying to be enough. We need to quit trying to be enough. And we need to allow God's power, supernatural power, to be enough for us. And what that feels like and what that looks like oftentimes is humiliating, right? It is that feeling of, I'm not ready for this and I'm going to do it anyway. Or I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to do it anyway. Or I'm going to obey God even though I don't know the outcome of this and I might lose people's approval. You will lose people's approval. Even if you're awesome, you'll lose people's approval because that's just leading. That's just obeying. That's just doing the next right thing. And that's how it goes, right? Is the enemy hates it. And you're going to feel resistance. You're going to feel like even if it was a success, it was a failure. Because that's part of, you know, what a great book that isn't written by a Christian, but could have been is the war of art, that there is an enemy and he is continually discouraging us in the process of creating. And yet we do it anyway, not because we're enough, not because we measure up, not because we're that awesome, but because God is and he's got a job for us and we want to live it out in and through our weakness so that no one boasts in himself, but we boast in the power of God that's made perfect in weakness. Doesn't make sense. It's not a human story. It's not a story that has a hero apart from God. And we love stories that have heroes that inspire us and make us think that we can accomplish all these things on earth. We can, but it is not for us. It is not through us. It is not because of us. It is because of the power of God. Hey. 
enjoyed this season walking through Nothing to Prove with Jenny? If you want to go even deeper with this content, Jenny's new Bible study coming out on July 13th is called Nothing to Prove. If you're familiar with Jenny's Bible study Proven, Nothing to Prove is just a re-released version of Proven with a new name, but the same great content. Too many of us are walking through life feeling as if we don't measure up. We always seem to thirst for more. We think if we could only work harder or be better, or we could maybe be enough for everybody. But the truth is, we will never be enough, and thankfully, we don't have to be. So join Jenny for this eight-session study as she walks through key passages in the Gospel of John to demonstrate how only Jesus is enough. We don't have to prove anything because Jesus has already proven everything. So July 13th, Nothing to Prove Bible Study is available everywhere. With each study guide, you will get free access to the streaming videos that go along with each week's homework. And so invite a few friends, invite a neighbor, and join us this summer or maybe this coming fall and do the Nothing to Prove Bible Study. We will make sure to put all the info in the show notes for you guys. So here's a few questions that I'm going to answer for you guys. How do I discern if something is hard because I'm just not cut out for it or maybe I'm just afraid to do it? And I always ask myself this question, what is motivating my desire or lack of desire to do something? Is it something that God has given me or is it something that I want approval from or that I want achievement in and I will not do something simply because it feels like for me it is just a notch in my belt or something that other people say I should do rather than something that God is calling me to do. Most often when I am following God, there is a little fear in it. There is a risk in it. There is a, I'm a little bit scared to show up in this way. And I remember I was just speaking at Baylor and I had an analogy. I wrote my entire talk around it and I just assumed, hey, we can make this work. It was this tightrope that we had that this guy was going to walk on and we could find nothing in the stadium to put it on. And so I had to rewrite my talk really quickly. And as I did, the Lord was leading me towards telling the story about the morning that I'd had about having a panic attack. And I'm going, no, God, like, I don't know how this ties in in this exact moment. And he was like, this is all I'm giving you. Like, you're going to work with this or you're going to be stuck using an old talk or something you've already done before. This is where I want you to start. And I got a stool. And instead of my awesome analogy with all my points, I sat up there and said, I had a panic attack this morning. And it wasn't what I wanted to share. I haven't had a panic attack in a decade, y'all. This was very recent. And it's a longer story. I'm sure I'll tell it sometime. Y'all hear all my stories here. But I didn't want to do it. I mean, I... I didn't want to do it. I had a physical reaction to sharing this that night. And yet I knew it was what God wanted me to do. And I found that even in my confidence now as I speak, because you know now I've been speaking for 10 years publicly to a whole lot of people and that doesn't scare me anymore. But even in the midst of something I would say I've grown in my ability in and my giftedness in, he still tests me. He still causes me to risk. He still has me go further and deeper into places that I don't want to go. And I've found that's true of following Jesus, that it is scary, that following him will require risk. And that risk for you may look different than it looks for me or for anybody else. But I tend to notice and listen to the things I'm afraid to do because likely that's a place where God wants to stretch me and use me. We don't want to build lives that don't need God. We don't want to do what's easy. We want to do the things He calls us to do. And often that is outside of our comfort zones and beyond what we think we're capable of.
Chloe here, and I just want to hop on here before you turn off your podcast app and ask you, will you leave a review if you've enjoyed listening today? You guys, you feel like family, even though you're on the other side of your AirPods or your computer, your radio, however you're listening. We just love hearing from you and the reviews are the best way for us to do that. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can go subscribe, rate the podcast, leave a review. It is how people find us on iTunes. We feel like we've been able to meet a few of you just through your reviews. So thank you so much if you've left one already. And if you haven't, today is the day, okay? But y'all, we have so much more coming this season and we're so grateful that you're joining us for these 12 weeks. So we'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.